Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Charles Swindoll is an 86-year-old Texan. Unfamiliar to me, he did, however, present this. Honesty has a beautiful and refreshing simplicity about it. No ulterior motives, no hidden meanings. An absence of hypocrisy, duplicity, political games and verbal superficiality. As honesty and real integrity characterise our lives, there'll be no need to manipulate others. That's this bloke uncomplicated and as honest as I've met. But who is Mark Carroll? A guy who was born and bred in Gracelands, western suburbs of Sydney. Uh, as a kid, dreamt about playing rugby league. Um, my favourite team was Parramatta. One of my best players was Ray Price and I always dreamed about doing it. Um, I worked bloody hard. I had to work really hard. It was uh, Blokes were getting uh, picked before me and I just had to keep going and going and next thing um, I got my opportunity, I, I never gave it back. You come from a very talented family. From memory, both parents were very musically inclined, as were you as a young bloke. Uh, mum's not really. She thinks she can sing a bit. She's a mum. Mum's only five foot tall. I was a 10-pound baby, so that would have bloody hurt her. But my dad, um, he was a muso. He was a bass player for Johnny O'Keefe. And as a young kid, I got taught piano. And then rugby league just took my life, mate. I was out kicking the footies. No, there wasn't one light around Graceland's. So I just put the kick up and try and hit it. That was my uh, aim. And then my dad taught me um, guitar. I remember one Christmas we woke up, my brother got a drum kit, I got a guitar, and we learned two chords and an A into a D, played that all day. And um, since then, I've, yeah, I've just, um, thank God I've got a good ear for music and I love it. It's my relax. The nickname Spud, what's the origin of? Is it family given or friends given? Hopefully, people don't look at me, um, and Andy, and say, geez, look the size of his head, it must look like a potato. <laughs> no, it um, goes back to the days at, at Penrith. Um, I was looking for the extra edge. Back then, I was reading a muscle magazine and they said for energy, eat potatoes. And I love, I love potatoes. And I didn't just have two, I had 16. If you, if you put your hand or your fingers around, they were the biggest things you can imagine. I had 16 before a game. I just kept doing this. 
but on there also on the site, also the uh, sports psychologist, which people don't know about, um, just about guiding, you know, mindset, what you need to do in the game. But I finally got my chance to play first grade, and um, Peter Flingos, the great Peter Flingos, comes out. He says, "Mate, you've just done twenty hit ups, twenty tackles. What's your secret?" And I said, "Must have been the potatoes." He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "Mate, I ate sixteen potatoes." And back then, Andy, I actually held a job for Alcan, putting uh, aluminium uh, gathering on, on the houses, and yeah. lady came out and said, "Oh." Um, your mum's on the phone. So mum, I answered the call and mum yelled, like, you better come home. There's all these potatoes on the porch. Daily Telegraph are here. Next thing, mate, I'm on the back page. And to get the nickname, I walked in at South in 1990. Uh, my nickname and my mates is Boxhead. And they said, here comes Spud. And I looked out of my shoulder and I said, you, you bullfed, you're the one that eats all the potatoes. And that's where it started. The spelling, S-P-U-double-D, is it? I'm a bit of a show-off, um, otherwise known as a wanker. I tried to get number plates for my car. SPUD, someone had them, so I made SPU double D and it stayed there forever since. I remember the Spudmobile well. Penrith 1987, I guess that's where the rugby league journey begins. Penrith and you were in and out of reserve grade and first grade. Reserve grade premiers too that year. Now, this was a time when reserve grade meant something. It was a proper competition, proper players. It actually meant something. It certainly was. Even playing under 23s, Andy, um, you know, I got great in 86, and still to this day, it's the best game I've ever played. It was at Leichhardt Oval. I was a jersey flag. I was locked four. I was captain. And I was chipping over the top from my own 22 and regathering around the corner pass. Everything went unbelievable. We won the game 48-6. I signed up by Tim Sheens. Maybe I think my first contract was like two grand. I'm going, how was this? I'm a multi. And then it just took me um, a while to get through playing first grade. Um, as you said, it's before you used to sit on, you play for 23s, you'd have a good game and they'd give you a, a new jersey. Your pants would be still dirty and, you, yep. and your socks would be white. And then you sit on the bench for reserve grade and you're just saying, just give me a couple of minutes, just give me a couple of minutes. And then they say the game finished, they'd go in and you're kicking your lip going, oh, I didn't get a start. And then they say, keep your jersey on, you're on for first grade. And you're just going, give me a crack at these people. And when I did, I went absolute ballistic. Um, I still remember one time I, I was playing South and I came down and a rabbit chopped the hit uh, Mario Finnick, hit him that hard. And after the game, he chased me and, and he, he went, I went to shake hands, well done. And he shook his shook my hand and goes, Oh, Carol, you only come up from under 23s and bash the first graders. I said, I can't handle it, Mario. Next thing he pulls his hand down to his pecker. And I went to go, I went to go left, left chop running, left hook, and Bundy stepped in. He goes, I'll leave him alone, Mario. He's only a kid. Anyway, two years later, I'm playing uh, with him in the same side. We'll get on to Mario and uh, and Big Les shortly. In first grade at Penrith at that time, a group of senior players that I consider hard men, genuinely hard men, guys like Brad Izzard, Joe Vitanza, Matty Goodwin. Were these the guys that were able to show you the type of mentality, the type of commitment, the mindset that it took to be a first grader? Or was it someone else on the roster that, that sort of educated you? Oh, there was a, a lot more there too. You look at uh, Royce Simmons. Yeah. Uh, he was fantastic. Jeff Gerard. Jeff Gerard was the king of pranks. You know, remember you got a brand new pair of boots and he'd put laces upon laces. You just had to cut your laces. That was him. That was his way of uh, introduction to the first grade. But um, even the Ron Willie, mate, I remember at training, you throw a, sp- a spiral pass and he goes, no, you're a forward, don't throw a spiral pass. It has to be a normal pass. But I, I've got to thank my, um, my career at Penrith turned when I was reserved for reserve grade. And Len Stacker was the coach. Yeah. And I got into the old little referee's place. Remember at Penrith Park, it was just a little box, maybe two by two. 
and I'm face to face with him, and uh, I'm giving him a serve. I'm giving my my coach a serve, and he goes, "Mate, you just want to be the smart ass player all the time, throwing the thirty meter passes, you know." Don't want to get and do the work. And I just, I looked at him and I poked my finger at him and said, I'm going to stick this up your ass. It's all right to say that coming off the bench for a reserve grade, yeah. Andy. And then, as I said in life at the start, you're waiting for an opportunity. One of my mates got injured. I went on, had a good game. Next week, they picked me to start the game. And for the next three weeks, mate, I got man on match. But the best thing I had to do was get up on stage, shake hands with Len Stacker, and I crushed his hand that hard every time. <laughs> and on the fourth, on the fourth game, um, Cardi got suspended and uh, Ron really picked me to play with my good mate MG, Mark Iyer. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. What do you remember of your first grade debut? Uh, absolutely crazy. Um, just trying to hit, hit people as hard as you can. I was never a headhunter. I used to love to hit hard. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm playing with my, one of my good mates when I was uh, coming through, MG and I. Uh, we're both 5'8". He was St. Mary's, 5'8". I was a St. Pat's Blacktown at 5'8". We're both uh, six foot four. We both had mullets back then. MG had hair back then and a, and a bit of a flat top. And we used to bash the tripe out of each other. And he got graded before me. MG always uh, got a bit of a start. And I had to chase him, but I finally got there. At the end of 89, you'd leave Penrith. They were about to go on to successive grand finals. Why the move to South Sydney? Was it about... Money, was it about opportunity? What was the reasoning? Oh, the money was a little bit better. It was a lot better than what I was on. I was on peanuts there, but got a phone call of um, off the coach, um, and he said, I want you down here at um, South Sydney. George Pickens rings me at home. He said, I remember what you've done with us a couple of times in under-23s and reserve grade. You've cut us apart. We want you. And I went down there, and man, I was more nervous about meeting um, one of my idols, that being Les Davison, because... I can go out to the country in Dubbo and people say, how are you going, Les? Yeah. I can't help we do look quite similar in some action. So I tried to grow my hair like him. I tried to grow a mo. I had about four hairs on my top lip. And I went down there and, and George Piggins said, I want, to, I want to make you into a front row. I said, mate, let's go, George. So um, that's where it all started. Speaking of Bundy, a bloke who doesn't get anywhere near the recognition he deserves, not only for his toughness, but his footballing package. What did Les teach you? What did Les show you? One word, toughness. Yeah. And leader. Just be the leader. I used to love packing the scrums with him and you knew you, you knew you'd always have your inside. Um, if anyone had a crack at you, you hit them back. And we had the same mentality when we were at Manly. At mm. training, we'd give it to each other, but on the field, you touch my mate, you are gone. The Bundy, um, oh, he was just, he was inspirational. Yeah, he, he had the big shoulder pads, but geez, he could whack. But um, yeah. I absolutely loved my days uh, Playing with um, Les Davison. It's 2021. The game has changed. We don't have to like it, but it is what it is. And, and the role of a front rower has changed dramatically. 
back in the day, having a Les Davidson in your side and by your side, it was important as having a gun 5'8 for a gun goal kicker. He was the team security guard and you needed that. Yeah, you do. I think every side needs that. But these days, I don't see enough for Andy. Yeah, um, there right. might be one or two in, a, in the comp. But uh, the game, as you said, the game has changed. Uh, when I was coming through, and the era before mine, all my legends I used to look up to, Ray Price, uh, Terry Randall, the great Jeff Robinson, run from the back fence. I teach kids now, run for the back. I can't handle kids, these players running two feet trying to get top speed. I used yeah. to run from the back fence. I knew my carry was the third carry. Every kickoff I had to get the kickoff, I had to run as fast as I could and hard as I could. And the old analogy, if you, um, the harder you run, you don't get hurt. And uh, that's certainly one thing I try to push through to a lot of the young kids these days. It's amazing because you mentioned earlier in the interview that uh, you didn't have the natural talent. You had to work your ass off to create your opportunities. But talent does so much. Mindset and personal character does even more. And as you said, you looked at Les Davidson, who ran from the back fence, and that's what you had to do to be a first grader because even though you're a 5'8 as a junior, Spud, you didn't have the chip and chase. You didn't have the speed. You didn't have the, the grace of others, so you had to be tough. Yeah, I suppose so, Andy. It's, it's just one of these things. Um, you, you can't imagine what your life's going to be like. Um, I, I thought I was always going to play 5'8 and have the fancy game, but I ended up being a front rower. And I then took it upon myself to learn how to play a front rower. You know, mm. you look at the likes before me, the um, um, we got Blocker Roach, like my God, I packed in the scrum with him once. He, he hit me that hard with his head, my, my whole body rattled. And that were the days of, I said, when we were coming through, mate, it was a badge of honour not to go off. Yep. Yeah, the collisions myself and the Chief had, mate, a couple of times we should have been straight off. But in that 95, he played for the rest of the game. Um, we never went off. And these days, thank God for HIA, because um, any sort of wobble, which we used to wobble all the time, you're off. Early 90s, older front rowers didn't like younger front rowers. No, not at all. Uh, the just cheeky buggers. Like I, I still remember Jeff Gerard. He was the king of uh, pranks. And we got him one day because he, he got me a couple of times in. And one of the best he ever got me after a game, he had, I had a big plate of food and he had a, a cup of tea and he had a spoon in there and he put it on the on, on my hand and I just pulled, pulled it straight in because it was bloody hot and I pulled all this food all on me. And then later in the year, we got him. We, we, we took his car out the back oval and we filled the whole car with beanbag balls, right? The whole <laughs> – and he reckons for two years, if you drive along through the air conditioning unit, bang, you'd be getting hit, hit in the head like a, a machine gun. But they're the, they're the characters in the game. When I was coming through, um, you know, just stand out. The year's 1990. You'd arrived at Souths. Now, June 27th that year, think about this. Six months after changing clubs, you had gone from fringe first grader to an Australian representative. Picked for a test match in parks against France. That's some rapid rise, mate. Yeah, so it was, Andy. As, as you said, mate, 89, South got minor premiers. I went down there and watched, the, watched them go, hopefully straight into the grand final. I actually went out the back door. So yeah, I went down yeah. to South Sydney. Um, and my goal was to play every game in first grade, um, start every game, and... That, that was it. And also then, but also I had some little other goals. And my other goal was when I left MG, we shook hands. Um, we used to, we used to train at, um, Bali's gym and we, and, and we said, kangaroo tours coming up. Let's have a crack at this. And I went down there to South Sydney just to try and be the best every game. And mate, we got a wooden spoon that year. Yep. 
But, I, but that game leading up to that uh, that one-off test, then he was. Um, I remember my dad rings up. And dad never doesn't say much, but he'd give me a couple of players to bash, then just hang up. And one of those bash, one of those was Martin Bella and Ian Roberts. Um, and they used to have a, a certain play. I, even back then, I used to watch video tapes and they had a, a certain play where it'd go from one side to the other, and but they turn the ball back inside. The same play would work fantastic in our era now. And it was Ian Roberts coming through, and I've hit this guy. I've hit him that well. I've hit him. Just under the shoulders, but I've apexed him. It was a bloody, it's probably one of the best hits I've done. But then all the other boys come down and rabbit chopped him because he played for South the year before. Anyway, we lost that game. I had a good game. And again, I was out working. And the lady comes out at nine o'clock. And back then, Andy, no mobile phones. Yeah. And she said, oh, there's a phone call for Mark. I went, oh, shit, someone's dead. So I went downstairs and trepidation went, hello. And he goes, Jeff Carr, Australian rugby league, you just made the Australian side. Mate, I start bawling, and she's going, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Oh, I spoke the Australian side." I then ran up my old man. He ended up, he ended up driving. Next day, I'm flying out the parks, um, room with Dave Gillespie. Hello, legends. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. If you're interested, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Now back to the interview. And the funny thing about this game is it actually snowed that day. It was freezing yeah. cold. And I remember it was about probably 15 to go, Andy, and I was freezing. So I went in between the uh, the dressing sheds, and I'm like doing calisthenics, doing star jumps and whatever. Anyway, Brian Hollis was the trainer there, but also um, great Johnny Lewis was there. Yeah. And he looked over the fence, and he goes, Bose, you better get this Carol Blake on the field. He's about to run through the fence. Next thing he's waved me, he said, mate, you're on. I went, I'm for straight out of this. So I had the big sleet and shoulder pads. I put the headgear on. I heard the crowd sort of go, oh, I'm going, how good is this? It wasn't for me. There was two reserves that day. The other reserve, guess who it was? Andrew Eddinghausen. He came <laughs> on at the same time. And he was getting all the raps. But I'll tell you what, that 14 minutes, Andy, I hit like so bloody hard. It was incredible. It's a it's a week in a game you'll remember for the rest of your life, debuting for your country. Ironic that you would room with a tough guy like David Gillespie. Your paths would cross at Manly down the track. But what a teacher there and another guy that just doesn't get seemingly the recognition I think that he deserves for, for his impact on the game. I mean, he was the dogs of war. Well, I used to love watching the uh, the way they used to play. You know, the Langmax of the war, they were tough, mate. They were bloody tough. Yeah. And at, at the uh, funeral, the passing of Bob Fulton, um, Cement was there and I went up to him and I, I said to him, Cement, you know the reason why I went to Manly? Because I asked Moza who, who they're signing, and they said Dave Gillespie. He goes, you know what? I did the same for you. Yeah. It was it was quite moving because um, I still remember the day Bo- I sat down with Bozo and I asked him signing, and I said, mate, where do I sign? And he goes, you want to know about the money? I said, don't about the money, Bozo. I want to win a comp, and that's where it all started. Yeah, wonderful fella, Cement. 
Spud, you mentioned the Kangaroo Tour, England and France. You'd make the 1990 Kangaroo Tour. That was your goal, an old school long tour. Drink off the field, fight on it, a little bit of footy in between. What are your fondest memories? Oh, the fondest memories, firstly, to hear your name read out. Um, yeah. Back then, the good old days, you had to hear your name, not get rung up a week before saying you're going on tour. The emotion of um, our house was incredible. Um, I remember I was out, I was out South Sydney Leafs when that when that happened. Um, but just the blokes like yeah, Les Davidson unfortunately didn't make it. He, he was one of the first to come up and say, "Well done, Spud." Twenty three years of age, had the world's biggest mullet to go over there to um, the be- one of the best things. Man, I was over there with MG. Yeah. Um, there was no way in the world I was going to play any Test football. So my goal was always to play the Wednesday night game, which they call the Emus. The Emus play against the Cumbrians and the Warringtons. I'll tell you what, they were the hardy clashes. Oh, they were fantastic. And as you said, after the Wednesday night, we had four days of just having a bloody great time. But geez, Bozo made it fun. Um, I still think back, you know, we're talking 1990, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Who was your roomie and what did you learn off him? <laughs> well, I learned the stretch, actually. You know what I've been with? I've been with Brad Mackay. He used to stretch before he went to bed. I'm looking, I said, mate, what are you doing? Well, I didn't even know how to stretch. So, um, yeah, the sheep here was great. Yeah, he had that big, remember his hair? He was yeah. had big hair. But the best thing for me was most times we roomed next to um, Dale Shearer and Brandy. Um, and think about Brandy, he didn't like to take any extra gear. So whatever was left, if he couldn't get into his bag or his or his uh, a big big um, uh, suitcase, he'd just leave it. Mate, you should see how much gear I got. Every time we'd leave, I'd go in there, I'd just be getting extra tracksuits, shirts, which uh, come in handy when you come home. This is where you'd first run into the combination that is Kevin Walters and Alan Langer, who from all reports absolutely terrorised you on tour. Yeah, oh, they were... Um, Oh, they, were, they were ridiculous, especially Alfie. Um, we're in this big bus and we had card tables. And like I said, our sponsor back then was Forex. So you can imagine how much grog we drank. And it was just, you know, there's cans walking up and down. Like, you'd wherever you put your foot, you'd squash a can. And this particular day, you have your tracksuit pants on. It's the only time you're going to wear a tracksuit when you're on, on, on tour. You're not going to wear it around. You look like a bloody wanker with a Australian tracksuit on, but you wear it on the bus. And um, it was just a pain in the ass. And he'd rub his foot in this wetness and he'd rub my. He rubbed them in front of my uh, tracksuit pant. I said, mate, you do that again, I'm going to bash you. You do it again. Give him one more morning, and I'll just come over and start bumping him. But all the Broncos were around him, and they'd take all the back of the seat covers off and stack me over the head. You think I learned? I did that every day. That was the tour where the wrestling became the vogue, and yeah. Alfie and Kevy uh, decided the tournament should be bigs versus little guys, so the little guys would pick on you big fellas. Oh, great memories. I got, uh, I, I got tossed like nothing, like I was a cotton ball off um, Kevin Wallace. Uh, unbelievable. I could not believe the strength of this bloke, but the alcohol didn't help, I suppose. But, oh, my God, great memories. Before we go on, we've got to relive this memory from the second test of that 1990 tour. Almost no time left in the match. Stewart, here it comes now to Linda. We're well into injury time. 40 seconds, in fact, as it comes away to Stewart again. Amazing memories, amazing piece of history. And one thing I'll never forget, Spud, the television coverage of that try. From the try, it immediately went to 
you guys in the grandstand, you were in the middle of the picture and the look on your face was like, fuck, we've just won this. Well, I thought before that we are going home as losers. So for him to score that fantastic try, and as you can see, the emotion of me, it was bloody freezing, but I had the Australian scarf on. And the, the main thing I caught from that is um, looks like I've got a buff on. I've got dead set, the world's biggest mullet. <laughs> the mullet in those days. And uh, as I said, it's just fond memories of um, yeah, going out there and coming back to the, uh, the, the shield. But I remember um, I picked up a, a, a knee injury over there. and. Okay. It was like a, a cartilage of some sort. And I remember Doc um, Nathan Gibbs went in, went in there, had an arthroscope, and hey, you're playing for a country. Right? I probably should have been out for three weeks. I, after nine days, I'm injecting it. I said, mate, I'm playing footy. And I remember I come back home, Andy, and um, my knee was still bloody sore, so I went in for an arthroscope, and they left half it in there. And I said to Gibbs, mate, why wouldn't you, you tell him to take it out? He goes, mate, I was only the helping doctor. I can't tell him what to do. So, um oh. They were little memories that you get back from the uh, kangaroo tour, but probably one of the best pieces I come back with was um, I bought a guitar over there, an acoustic guitar, and I, I only knew one song over there. It was called Wild Thing, and they'd bring me down, and I'd sing Wild Thing and take it back up. So I was like a puppet. I just kept up and down. Um, and on the last night, they wanted to try and ex- blow it up. They had these fireworks, mate, and they, they were blowing shoes up, and only laces were left. And they said, go and get your guitar, so go and get it. And then someone grabbed a pen, and drew something on it about me. And next thing, everyone's taking a, um, a pen and the whole guitar is covered in, it was like Beatlemania. So I decided to keep it. Um, it's one of the pictures in my book. It's in my yeah. it's in my bar at home. Uh, all the strings are all you know, sort of uh, frazzled off, but fantastic memories of uh, 1990. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The Weekly Wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.